day. Welcome. Bill Michaels show on this Tuesday. Scratching my head as the uh, Milwaukee Brewers fall yet again. Four in a row. Four in a row now. And late in that ballgame yesterday, they let it all slip away. And uh, just weren't able to get it back. And, uh, man, it just continues. The slide uh, as Cincinnati continues to win. And uh, the Brewers continue to lose. They have run into a buzzsaw. Uh, buzzsaws, for that matter. Where they just they just can't can't figure it out. It, it's really bizarre too because one of the things that I was so high on, uh, especially coming down the stretch, was the fact that their pitching's been so good, and just all of a sudden it's just whoop, gone. The pitching is just kind of gone, and uh, the Brewers take a loss again yesterday uh, to the uh, to the Nationals. Back at it again tonight, six oh five. Cincinnati now a game and a half up on. Uh, on the the Brewers, uh, while Chicago, Cincinnati beat Chicago last night. Uh, they tried to give it away. Their their bullpen tried to give it away. They just weren't able to do it fully, and uh, Chicago didn't take advantage of it. Uh, but uh, Chicago ends up uh, losing last night to the Reds, so therefore the Reds extended the lead over over Chicago. But uh, the Brewers still sitting a game and a half back, losers of four straight. Cincinnati's won seven of their last ten, and uh, Brewers have only won three of their last ten. As they continue the slide, so uh, you've got a bunch of today is uh, the MLB trade deadline. You've got uh, a bunch of rumors floating around out there. Brewers are trying to make some moves to bring in some bats and outfielders and such, and and so you're you're trying to see whether or not they're the, you know they obviously bring in Santana. They brought in uh, Marcana uh, from the Mets and uh, for the pitching prospect Justin Jarvis, or with pitching prospect I should say Justin Jarvis, and. Um, you know, now you wait and see if maybe he can regain some of the form from last season in which he hit 266. I, I, although I will say this, I was talking on uh, uh, Verocal Radio earlier this morning, talking to our buddy Ernie, and for all intents and purposes, you're putting uh, Kana in a situation where he is now on a contender. He is now in a, a far better situation than he was in New York as New York continues the sell-off after that $300 million-plus worth of payroll just proved to be nothing and worthless, and so uh, maybe he comes in and finds greener pastures and gets back to the 260-something-plus batting average and a better OPS and a slugging percentage over 400 like he had last year. Although right now, even sitting in the mid-240s, he's better than a majority of the baseball team that's going out there on the everyday basis for the Brewers. So he can play first, can play outfield. Uh, Joey Weimer is just mightily struggled, even though he got a base knock last night and drove in a run. But Joey Weimer's been struggling terribly. He's he's tremendous defensively, but he's been struggling terribly at the plate, and the Brewers need runs. So now you wait and see. But um, Brewers are trying to make moves, trying to do some things to uh, to get better, but uh, nothing uh, you know nothing has been able to pay off as of yet. Only for the fact that <laughs> you know they ever since making moves they've pretty much lost. So. You'd like to uh, get a, a – a, I think it's a solid pickup. I, I really do. I think it's uh, – um, the, both of the moves that they've made have been good. Now you just need the pitching to kind of hold up the back end of the uh, back end of the bargain. So there you go. 877 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You want to find us? That's the phone number to do so. You can also track us down at uh, on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels. 
Uh, you can find us on Instagram, The Bill Michaels Show on Instagram, The Bill Michaels Show. Uh, Facebook, go to Facebook.com slash The Bill Michaels Show on Facebook as well. You can find us on YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube. And, and I, I, a lot of people watch us on YouTube, um, especially on days that you've got early Brewers games. But uh, YouTube will also have the huddles this year. So if your local station doesn't carry it, you can find us on YouTube there as well. But uh, as we get out and start traveling, the state of Wisconsin for huddles this year. But uh, go to YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. Same thing on Twitch TV. Same thing on Kick TV. If you download the Twitch and the Kick apps, you can get us there. So plenty of ways to stay uh, in touch with the program and take a listen to us. Also, you can download the, uh, the Zone Madison. W-O-Z-N, The Zone, uh, on Madison. You can put it on your phone, and that's a great way. That's probably the best out of the bunch to get a hold of us each and every day. But nevertheless, that would be uh, that would be some of the ways to, to find us and, and track us down. Um, so Ronald said, well, what's Arnold to do today? Um, what do you think needs to be done for the Brewers? That might be the best question at all. You know, the best question of all, what else needs to be done for this Brewers team? Uh, is it a question about pitching? Do you find another arm now that your pitching started to slack off a little bit? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, if you, it, you know, it looks as if uh, both Woodruff and Miley are poised to make returns. So you've kind of feeling good about that. So, I, you know, do you, do you go after a pitcher? because you're going to have a couple of guys probably move to the pen, which is going to give you better middle relief. You've already got the back end of your pen pretty much set up, and it's it for the most part, it's been successful, right? Do you still try to track down a third baseman? You've got first base now, two guys that can play first. Uh, you've added depth to your outfield. Do you now go and in, in effort toward – can you imagine, God forbid, the Brewers get all three, they solidify the outfield, they solidify first base, and they solidify third base and get bats along with it? You know, can you imagine that then? 877 uh, Also today, uh, we've got a lot going on from uh, Packers camp. Packers back at it today. Uh, and uh, a whole bunch of people to hear from. we got Christian Watson. we got Matt LaFleur, A.J. Dillon. Uh, we're going to hear from, uh, we heard from David Bakhtiari yesterday, which was just simply fantastic. So we got Jair Alexander uh, that we're going to hear from today. So, and Jair Alexander, I thought was, was gold. He always is, but uh, yesterday he uh, spoke to the media and Mike Clemens and he was gold yesterday. So we're going to talk, or not going to talk with him, but we're going to hear them talking with him. So that's coming up a little bit later on today as well. Uh, and then when you get into uh, baseball and the buyers and the sellers and such, and the standings the way they are right now. Uh, who are some of the surprise teams this year? Baltimore, for the first time since like the 90s, they've got the best record uh, in the American League, uh, and they're only a couple of wins shy of what Atlanta's done over in the National League. They've got 65 wins. They're tied with Tampa Bay, but they've got three less losses than Tampa Bay does. Tampa Bay's been hanging on and has just been a juggernaut, but Baltimore's played extremely good. And uh, Baltimore is now taking over the top spot, a game and a half up on Tampa Bay. Some of the surprise teams that you thought might be good, everybody in Chicago thought that the White Sox would be much better this year, and they're not. Detroit is uh, six and a half back in that division. Cleveland is still uh, a game back behind Minnesota, and Minnesota's the top dog with only 54 wins 
over in uh, the Central. Meanwhile, like I had mentioned, Cincinnati, uh, everybody thought St. Louis was going to be the top dog, and they're dead nuts last, 11 and a half games back, and they've cashed it in. The Mets, who were supposed to be so good this season, they've cashed it in. They are now sitting 17 and a half games back in the standings. The only team worse than them is the Nationals, 23 and a half games back, and a negative 92 in run differential. And uh, in the meantime, they beat the Brewers last night. So Brewers got to get back to their winning ways. Brewers were on the cusp of going into the positive when it came to run differential. Cincinnati has overtaken that mark. They're now plus four. Milwaukee has fallen off. They were at uh, minus three at one point, ready to go to even. And then they have fallen back since, and they are now negative 16. Meanwhile, the Cubs continue to press, and the Cubs are playing some decent baseball, even though they lost last night. But uh, they're plus 56 in run differential. And you knew some at some point the Dodgers would get get it going. 59 and 45, plus 88. Uh, meanwhile, San Francisco and Arizona, uh, those two, San Francisco two and a half games back, Arizona is three and a half games back. That's still a tight race out west. Even though we believe that the Dodgers are probably going to win it, that's still a tight race. And San Diego was the team that was supposed to be the best with every move that they've made and, and keeping Juan Soto and Machado, and they've made all these moves. And lo and behold, they're eight and a half games back. And they're three games under five hundred, So it's been kind of a topsy-turvy baseball season. We all thought that the Yankees were just going to make a couple of moves and they were going to rebound and be right there. And instead, while they're four games over five hundred, and certainly if they were right now over in, say, the American League or the National League Central, they'd be right in the thick of things. But with Baltimore winning 65 games, New York is in dead last right now. Ten games back in the standings. They refuse to kind of start giving up, but there's no way they're going for it. Not 10 games back, they're not, with Boston sitting a game better than them and Toronto six and a half back and only a game and a half for Tampa Bay. So what an incredibly exciting but yet topsy-turvy baseball season we've experienced this year. And where the Brewers are at right now, some of us thought that it would have been, you know, some of us thought that we would have been maybe in the middle of things or chasing the Cardinals in second place at this point, not chasing the Reds. So, man, what a what a, what a kind of a crazy year. Uh, Ronald says, do you th- still think the Reds are going to fade? They seem to have some mojo this year. Um, fade? I just thought that we'll, we'll see what happens in August here, but I, I, just, I just didn't think their pitching would sustain. I just didn't. I didn't think that they – but what they've proven is – that they can just beat the hell out of the baseball. And ever since De La Cruz is coming up, although De La Cruz has cooled off, he's his home run appearance at the plate, to a plate appearance, is, is still remarkable for coming up and having the success that he has. But he's also striking out at about a 40% clip, you know? So, <clears throat> excuse me, he's been kind of their spark, and they've really found something. But I still believe the, the old adage is going to hold true, that good pitching beats good hitting. And I, I still think that eventually the Reds, maybe not cool off, but I just don't think they're going to have enough to, to get enough wins to, to win the division. I, I, I certainly Then again, the Brewers don't play them anymore. The Brewers have owned Cincinnati, and the Brewers don't play them anymore. So now you've got to start scoreboard watching. And – you only can control what you can control. You know, that's the old adage is just play the team in front of you. That's it. Don't scoreboard watch, and everything will work out. If the Brewers 
go back to winning, you know, series, they'll win the division. I believe that. They'll win the division. But four straight losses? No, man, it's can't uh, can't continue the slide. Got to get a stop today. Got to get a stop today. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You can chat about that. Then we get into uh, as far as the uh, you know Green Bay Packers go and uh, start looking through some of the uh, the depth of this team, if you will. Uh, and it, it, the problem is you're only four practices in. You've got one padded practice under your belt. You don't have a ton to go on, but some of the bright spots – that uh, we've discussed. One of the guys that uh, clearly Mike Clemens has liked uh, for a while now and continually brings it up, and and rightfully so, is the fact that uh, Malik Heath has been kind of a standout at camp. Uh, You're finally starting to see a little bit of connection with with Jordan Love and Christian Watson. Christian Watson going over the top uh, and showing some speed, obviously, that he has, but not only being able to show the speed, but then running under a pass from Jordan Love. Jaden Reed has looked extremely good in camp. David Bakhtiari, healthy, terrific attitude. If you heard that interview with him yesterday, fantastic stuff. Uh, and he he and Elton Jenkins, you know, knock on wood, both stay healthy. They are poised. Both guys have said they're ready to be the best, again, the best left side of the offense in, in football. So best left offensive line of football. So you're excited about that. Um, have not really heard a ton on Musgrave and Kraft. Uh, both guys, you know, you're kind of waiting for some type of an emergence at some point. Uh, and then Sean Clifford has looked pretty good. Sean Clifford has looked really well as, uh, also. So, But defensively, Colby Wooden has looked sharp. Uh, and you're still waiting for the rest of the guys to, you know, that have been a little bit nicked up to kind of show up. But I think as much as... The offense, because of the quarterback weaponry combination, is in flux. Um, I think probably what's more in flux might be the defense, only for the fact that you don't have Stokes, you don't have Rashawn Gary. You're waiting to see what you're going to have in that secondary and how that's going to pan out and who's really going to kind of move forward and, and stand up. And, you know, obviously we're all waiting to see what kind of aggressiveness is going to be there when it comes to Joe Barry, right? So, you know, a lot of storylines, a lot of stuff to get to today. So uh, hang in there. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to come back and uh, we'll start kind of reading some of the stuff over on the live stream, start getting some of your emails, but more so taking your phone calls, 877-867-1670, You want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. Would love to hear from you. This portion of the program brought to you by our buddy Mikey Whitcomb over at Exit Realty. Go to Mikey Whitcomb, 414-243-1976. Whether it's Milwaukee County, Waukesha County, uh, Ozaki, uh, you've got uh, also Jefferson County that you can go out into. He's all over the place, and he's the one that helped me get into my home today. Mikey Whitcomb, 414-243-1976. That's Exit Realty. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome to Palo Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. May I take your order? I'd like nine windows, please. Of course. All our products are custom made just for you. I'm hoping they'll match my home. Of course they can. Have it your way. Excuse me? 
We're talking about windows, right? Yes, we customize any decor. Our design options are virtually limitless, even more customized than your coffee. So you're like my personal barista for windows and doors. Exactly. And you couldn't have picked a better time because if you customize your order by August 31st, you can bundle and save big. Good deal. That was easy. Thank you. Drive through. Pella's premium wood windows and patio doors feature distinguished craftsmanship and nearly endless possibilities. Bundle and save when you customize your order by August 31st at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Visit PellaWI.com. Our buddy James Mercado over there at Veterans America, they believe in owning the land that you've defended. If you're a veteran, military member, or a family member of, uh, they are one of the top VA lenders for home buyers. And uh, zero down payments, a uh, little bit uh, looser credit requirements, no PMI, but more so than anything, they just do anything and everything they can to help veterans and military members. Call James, and they're a huge, huge supporter. Uh, he stepped up, God, it was a couple of months ago. He just called and said, Hey, I, I want to be a part of the motorcycle ride, uh, helping out Fisher house, Wisconsin. And we brought him on board and he's been nothing but awesome. And, uh, the staff over there, uh, they're based in Brookfield, Wisconsin, but they handle people from all over the state and beyond the borders. So call them 262-745-3333, 262-745-3333. If you want to refi, you can do that. If you're a veteran and you're a military or you're a military member, you want to refi, you can do that. Want to get qualified for your first home. Uh, if you're going to sell your home and move into another one, whatever. I mean, there's plenty of things they can help you out with, but you got to call. Pick up the phone, 262-745-3333, 262-745-3333. And again, uh, Veterans America, big supporter of the motorcycle ride coming up on Sunday, September 3rd, which is going to start at the Harley-Davidson Museum. And then we ride from there. So, again, for those that have been with us year after year after year, uh, for the last five or six years, we've started from MKE Brewing. Not this year. We start at the Harley Museum. So please spread the word to friends and neighbors and such. We start at the Harley-Davidson Museum. So uh, please uh, head over there because I still get some people that come up and go, hey, we'll see you at MKE Brewing. It's no, not there. We start at the Harley Museum. So we hope to see you down there. Um Getting back to, we're going to hear from uh, Matt Lafleur in his uh, morning presser today, uh, and we'll uh, we'll we'll hear what uh, you know he has to say as they get ready for yet again another practice. Um, the uh, the Brewers on a quest to try to get better offensively. This is from Jake, who says I think some of the deals that they're making are right in line with the Brewers' philosophy. Find somebody that's got a couple of controllable years, somebody that's not making a ton of money, or find somebody to pay that money and then see if you can't catch lightning in a bottle. Here we go again. Wash, rinse, repeat. My sense is, is that you're not happy with what they're doing. Um, I, I don't – if you don't fe- – God, how do I put this? This is not a team in which we started the season by saying this is a World Series team, right? I think we can all agree on that. We all thought, I thought 83 wins. I thought it would be a little bit of a down year, probably on the outside looking at when it comes to the postseason. And then they just kept banging away and banging away and banging away and pitching well. And their pitching has been good for the most part. 
uh, in recent straights. It hasn't been, but for the most part, it's been really good. The bullpen started off on fire, then had a little bit of a, a downturn, and then over the last month has been extremely solid for the most part. And so you're thinking, okay, good pitching's beating good hitting, and the all the Brewers need to do is is pick up a few bats, get a few more men on base, score a few more runs on average, and they're going to be a team that's right there, somebody to be reckoned with. Just get to the postseason and see what you can do. See if you can't get hot at the right time. Who knows, right? Well, you run into the buzzsaw that is the Atlanta Braves, the best team in the National League. So, I mean, Atlanta is is head and shoulders, uh, in my opinion, above pretty much everybody else. And, I mean, you can just look at the, the standings and you can look at their win total and realize that they're the best team in baseball. And what we just witnessed was they can pound it from anywhere, whether it's the first spot, fourth spot, ninth spot, whatever, they can pound the baseball. And they're aggressive. They, they steal bases as well. So they, they get very aggressive on the best base path. So the Brewers have gotten by with good pitching and good defense, really good defense. What else do they need? They needed bats. So they pick up nothing spectacular, but they pick up the greener pasture bats, that bats that, hey, you find your way into a contender, you find your way into some excitement, you find your way into a good fan base, you find your way into that energy and that adrenaline, and maybe that's enough to kind of oomph, boost your game a little bit, plus solidify a couple of spots that they needed solidification in, first base, outfield. Now they still need to solidify the third base, but if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But these are the kind of moves the Brewers make. This is what they do. You're, you're not trying to get, you know, there's not a lot of massive deals available unless you're talking about Otani, which that's not going to happen. So there's, there's, there's some room there, right? There's some room there. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Let's go to Ron listening to us in Chilton. Ron, welcome to the program, man. How you doing? Hey, doing good, Bill. Thanks for the let me have the call and uh, hey, I want to thank you for your show. I really enjoy it. You're uh, tell it like it is. You don't get swept away with uh, enthusiasm all the time. But anyway, I want to make a comment about uh, uh, the, the, the coaches uh, starting with Joe Barry, you know, um, I, I think part of this goes back to that whole hiring process Uh it could be uh, they gave Matt LaFleur a little too much free reign in making that decision. Uh, uh, kind of disappointed Mark Murphy didn't put the brakes on that because Joe Barry's track record was public knowledge. And, uh, man, it, it wasn't very good. I think he was with Washington and then Detroit. His time in Detroit was, was really, really poor. Um, and also, I think the season – uh, everything's going to come down to Matt LaFleur, his coaching and how his staff is going to coach, because I think the team's got plenty of talent uh, to really compete, at least in that division. And uh, they just got to utilize that talent better. And um, it's going to come down to coaching this season, I think. And uh, of course, Jordan Love, he's got to perform too, but We'll see how, how how Matt can coach, I think, really uh, this season. So I that, think, that's pretty much uh, I, all I had. I, I would agree with you uh, when it comes to coaching because I think you're going to have to see Matt LaFleur give you one of his best performances. I think Matt LaFleur is also going to have to have his thumb on the pulse of the defense. Uh, I appreciate the phone call, Ron. Thanks so much. Um, and we're going to hear from Matt LaFleur coming up here after the commercial break. However, here's a, here, this is the quandary. With – 
so many people that accuse Mark Murphy of meddling and he's the guy that's pulling the strings behind the scenes and he's the guy that's, you know, really telling, you know, Brian Gudikins what to do. There's already the perception that Mark Murphy's this meddler. Okay. So if Mark Murphy tells Matt LaFleur, no, Joe Barry's not coming back, people want that. So the question is, at what point should and shouldn't Mark Murphy be, quote, the meddler? And I think that, and I get what you're saying, but I think Mark Murphy has, for the most part, other than hiring the coach, I don't think, I mean, he signs off on deals, but I don't think he, he meddles. I think he just says, let's do what's best for the team. And then leaves it to Brian, and Brian Gutekinst and Russ Ball and Matt LaFleur and everybody, they talk to Mark Murphy and keep him informed as to what's going on, and I'm sure there's discussions. But I don't think Mark is going, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. I don't think he's, he's, he's guiding the personnel of this team. So when it comes to coaching staff, it's, it's funny. People don't want Mark to meddle when it comes to player personnel decisions and certain things within the organization. But when it comes to Joe Barry, they want him to meddle. And I, I just think, you know, as, as the team president, you know, you go by the standard – that Bob Harlan set, and that is you handle the business of football. Handle the business of the Green Bay Packers. Put people, football people in position to handle the football. Now Mark Murphy, being a former player, certainly knows football. But I think he's done a pretty good job in, you know, of just handling the business of the Green Bay Packers. They're a profitable team. They're a marketable team. They're still you know, trending upward when it comes to sustenance and being able to hang on as the smallest team with no owner in all of major sports. And they've done an incredibly good job of the business of football. And I, I, I get what you're saying because Brian Gutekunst did not even want to give Joe Barry a name. He just said, you know, uh, you know, that's, that's Matt's call. That's Matt's call. That's Matt's call. You know, we, we stand behind Matt. He never said we stand behind Joe. He said we stand behind Matt. And to me, it was like, hey, that's Matt's guy. That's not my guy. That's Matt's guy. But we're, gonna, we're not going to meddle. We're going to let football people do football things, and Matt's got a reason for keeping Joe Barry around, whatever that reason may be, whether it's continuity or what. But now you wait and see. But I, I agree with you on the sense of coaching this year is going to be prevalent. Coaching this year, both offensively and defensively, is going to be prevalent. Um offensively, it's not so much the execution because, you know, Matt LaFleur can't execute, but it's the rhythm of play calling and the rhythm of the game and where and when to take shots that is going to be most watched. That's what I'm anticipating, you know. I I mean, I'm looking forward to see what Jordan Love can do, but I'm looking forward to seeing what the play calling is and to see if there's innovation, if if there's design, all of that stuff. All of that stuff. So I think we're all kind of in anticipation of that. When we come back, Matt LaFleur addresses the media this morning. We're going to hear from Matt and uh, kind of get his take on uh, on where this team is at going into today's uh, practice. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at The Water Doctors. John Atley and his staff are awesome. And they are huge supporters of the motorcycle ride of Fisher House, Wisconsin. We can't say thanks enough to them. And uh, as they wanted me to remind you, that, you know, hey, this is not a, a Connecticut water softening ad. This is an ad to get registered. Get registered if you haven't already for the uh, the motorcycle ride coming up on Sunday, September 3rd, benefiting Fisher House, Wisconsin. I can't implore you enough. 
We're starting. We just made the turn into August, and now we're a month away. We're one month away from the motorcycle ride. We need you. We need you to continue to spread the word, and the water doctors are a big part of that. Go to h2theletterodoctors.com. If you are looking for a water softening system, they can help you anywhere in the state. If you're not, reminder, get registered. Get registered. Go to facebook.com slash run. facebook.com slash run, and get yourself registered for the motorcycle ride coming up on Sunday, September 3rd. More of the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Thanks to our friends from Stevens Point, Point Brewing, brewing excellence since 1857, whether it's the loggers, the IPAs, or uh, even Cider Boys, which is brewed in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, from Point Brewing. Cider Boys is awesome. Um, Great cider beer. Really, really good stuff. All of it uh, right here in our own backyard, and that is Point Brewing up in Stevens Point. So good stuff from them. Uh, Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur ended up, uh, I shouldn't say ended up, I mean, he got up this morning and came in, spoke to the media before heading out to practice. Here's what Matt LaFleur had to say. Not sure uh, Peyton Manning was on the list of guys we expected to see at practice. How was that? That was a surprise. Uh, we, we talked about a lot of things. Um, it was great. He addressed our team and just kind of the lessons he learned, especially as a young player, how to respond to adversity, the great teams he was on, uh, his approach to the game. So I thought I thought there was it was super beneficial. Um, certainly, you're talking about one of the all-time greats, and you know I've had experience as a coach going against him and. Um, the lessons I've learned as a coach when you go against them, I'll, I'll never forget. And I told the team this in 2008 was the first time I was with the Houston Texans and we're playing Indy and we're up 17 late in the fourth quarter. And to watch this guy bring his team back and, of course, beat us in a two-minute drive and score 21 points basically in about a five-minute span. So it was a great lesson early in my coaching career about, I mean, you gotta you got to play till that clock says zero. And... Because I, I I'll never forget sitting up in that press box when we're up 27-10, thinking, oh, my gosh, we're going to beat the Indianapolis Colts, and only to see it evaporate quickly. So um, it was a, a tough lesson to learn, but I think it's one of those necessary things that you all got to go through. Was a spot on the uh, staff for him, or did you offer him? Yeah, if he wants to. We'd love to have him. I think he's got a lot of things going on, though. What was his actual? You know, I'll let Jason and everybody else kind of talk about that. Mark, it's probably a better question for Mark. So it's just basically a coincidence, not coincidence, but um, not just a coincidence that he was, you were able to get him to talk to the team. It was nothing pre-planned as far as that goes. Well, I knew he was going to be here. So uh, I reached out to him and said, hey, would you be interested? And, you know, thankfully he said yes. Matt, obviously the, the defensive line is going to have a little different look this year. You like what you've seen from TJ Slayton so far? Yeah, I think TJ's really been working hard. Um, I think, by and large, our our effort, quite frankly, uh, you know, in particular with that position, just our guys' ability to put their foot in the ground and retrace has, has been outstanding. It's probably been the best we've seen it. 
Um, and TJ's done a nice job. He continues to take those steps and is becoming a better and better player. So obviously um, we need that. You can never have enough big guys. Um, and he's, he's doing a great job. You always talk about having your best five in the offensive line, and I, I totally get that. But what, what do you do with Zach Toms or those best five? Because he is so valuable as that super sub guy. I mean, is there any merit to just having him stay in that role? Or if he's your best five and you start, and if you need to shuffle things around, then you'll figure it out in that time. Yeah, I think you always want to get your best out there and, and try to work on that continuity and, and not uh, uh, plan for – I mean, you always plan for the worst, but you're going to have to adjust, and that's what this game's all about. And who can make the quickest, most efficient adjustments usually uh, is in their favor. Coach, uh, Jair mentioned that Greg Williams has been working with him on his alignment pre-snap. Is that a case of a player who is maybe so confident in his ability that he has kind of let himself drift a little bit? Or what exactly is the focus? Well, I think... Uh, all players need to work on their technique and their alignments and just being very intentional. And I think, you know, Jaws is one of the best in this game. And, you know, sometimes I wonder if he doesn't get off a little bit further to try to tease the offense to throw it his way because usually it's a, a good thing for us when people are, are going after him. Um, he's such a great player. So I just think it's just that staying locked in, play in, play out, not getting bored with success and not getting bored with guys wanting to throw the ball in another direction. With, uh, with Bakhtiari not practicing yesterday, is, is there any concern there? Excuse me, he practiced like a half a day Saturday and then he had the day off Sunday and then he had a day off Monday, or is that just part of the plan? Yeah, no concern. No concern. We're always kind of working backwards from, you know, yeah, basically. Yeah, he's extremely athletic, um, has made those splash plays. I, I love how he competes. He goes out there and he's going to challenge you. You can coach him hard. Uh, he's receptive to the coaching. And uh, I, I think we have a good young player right there. So I'm excited to see what he's able to do when we get into some of these competitive practices going against you know, a team like Cincinnati next week and, and some of the um, creatures they have on that offense and, and then into the preseason games. And certainly we're, we're early on, only one day in pads, but I think he's got a great attitude. Um, like I said, I, I know one of his college coaches was at, at Kentucky, uh, Steve Klinkscale, speaks the world of him. And I know how Klink coaches, he coaches them hard. And so, uh, yeah, I think I think this kid he's he's very very talented and he's got to continue to build on his early su success. How much longer are you going to have the competition period in practice? Will you do it Saturday night at family night? Yeah, every every time we go out there, we're going to have one dedicated. I mean, there's competition in every period, but that's the one where we're going to have a consequence for. Where'd you get that idea from? Because that's not something you've done in the past few years, obviously. Well, we have. We just haven't necessarily have had the. Uh, uh, you know, consequences for the winners or losers. With the idea of this offseason to have those consequences? I just think it makes it a little bit more meaningful. Um, you know, going back to probably my time in Atlanta where we always would have competitions and there would be a consequence for the, the team that didn't get it done or the side of the ball that didn't get it done. And um, so I just – 
Also, going back to last season, we started implementing more competition periods as the season progressed, um, and I thought our team got better. I thought there was more intensity to the practice. I thought there was more focus, and I thought that's when you started to see us started, you know, really improving. So um, that's something that we'll probably do moving forward as well. With the, with the punters, what is Rich like about having one guy just take all 12 or 14 one day and then the next guy doing it the next day versus, you know, four on, four out, or however you want to with rotate them if they were kicking the same day? Yeah, it, it's just part of the, the progression in terms of keeping them fresh and no different than, you know, what we would do when we had two kickers. You know, one, one day the one guy would get it, the next day the other guy would get it. So that's just part of the progression right there. Are there any prescripted rules, like he'll have this many days in a row with before and off day, and, or is it just day after day checking in and seeing how he feels? It's, it's pretty much more, more or less that, uh, just you know, trying to get a gauge where he's at and how he's feeling. Certainly, we all know, everybody in here knows that we're, we're a better offense, we're a better football team when he's out there on the field. He's one of the elite offensive linemen, left tackles in the game, and uh, we, we got to do whatever we can to get him to Sunday. I think more than anything, he's he's got enough experience, enough reps that he can doesn't have to be out there every day. And we need to protect him a little bit. And certainly, we're going to push it. But um, there's a lot of communication that's going on between us and Dave, and um, we just want him at his best. And is Octavian um, Wicks getting close to coming back yet, or is it still a process? Yeah, he's, he's still going through that process, so um, really don't have any update on him yet. Do you have a feel for when he's I don't, I don't have a good indication. It's just kind of when when he's ready, he'll be ready. They'll tell us. Coach, yesterday there was a play that looked like an RPO where Jordan hits uh, Christian backside, kind of takes a half step and then rises and fires. Is that something he sees pre-snap? Is that determined pre-snap? And how great is it to see a guy, first-year starter, being able to make that play? Yeah, that's something that's been in our system for a really long time. We just we call them run alerts, and if you get a specific look, then he's got the green light to make it happen. And that was a good play by both those guys, and the guys up front did a nice job as well. And uh, you know, but yeah, it's just trying to take advantage of whatever the look may be. Good. Thank you. All right, guys. We'll see you out there. There you go. That's Matt LaFleur uh, meeting with the media today, talking about some of the guys that are a little bit nicked up, and when they're ready to go, they're ready to go. Rashawn Gary and Stokes and such. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, talking about the offensive line, bringing in Peyton Manning yesterday. Uh, a lot of different stuff there to kind of absorb. Let's do this. We'll step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Uh, a lot of stuff to get to, some emails to get to as well. If you want to chime in, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Taking your phone calls coming up next as well. Stay tuned. A whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome to Palo Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. May I take your order? I'd like nine windows, please. Of course. All our products are custom made just for you. I'm hoping they'll match my home. Of course they can. Have it your way. Excuse me? 
We're talking about windows, right? Yes, we customize any decor. Our design options are virtually limitless, even more customized than your coffee. So you're like my personal barista for windows and doors. Exactly. And you couldn't have picked a better time because if you customize your order by August 31st, you can bundle and save big. Good deal. That was easy. Thank you. Drive through. Bella's premium wood windows and patio doors feature distinguished craftsmanship and nearly endless possibilities. Bundle and save when you customize your order by August 31st at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Visit PellaWI.com. back to Bill Michaels show on this uh, Tuesday we continue on um, got a couple of different uh, emails to get to our buddy Steve is talks about the trade deadline as far as the Brewers are concerned the crew needs to definitely solidify the third base position while Montessario has been okay they really need to uh, pop at the hot corner uh, who do you know that may be available to the Brewers and what are they willing to give up um, the, the Brewers aren't willing to give up much that's the unfortunate side of things. The last few games with the bullpen giving it up, do you think the Brewers have become too predictable with their approach? Should they mix it up a little bit, uh, give Pagaro and Piamps a little bit of a break? As far as training camp is concerned, how long before Mason Crosby is re-signed? Boy, I tell you what, um, the kicking game, we talked with Mike Clemens about this yesterday, and the issue that I have with the kicking game is that you, you're missing kicks right now, and Anders, Anders Carlson is missing kicks right now, and it's not even bad weather. I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's not even bad weather. We're not even talking about Lambeau Field in its worst conditions. It, it's, and you're missing kicks. A little bit of wind, yeah, whatever. Uh, but you're going to find out, and I, I, I'll give it till family night. Family night. You're going to see the kickers come out, fans, wind, the whole thing. We'll see what the weather is like. I don't know what the weather's supposed to be like coming up on Friday night, but you'll see. And if it's bad on family night and it's bad at uh, Paycor Stadium against the Cincinnati Bengals the following Friday, I guarantee you're going to see two or three more kickers coming into camp. Guarantee. You, you can't – I mean, and they, they made a draft choice for this guy. How many times have we seen draft choices for kickers not pan out? B.J. Sander. There you go. Remember that name? Oh, I'm sure it just gave you chills. B.J. Sander. Mike Sherman picked him. Third round. B.J. Sander. Ooh. That makes you, that makes you shiver, doesn't it? So it just – it's disappointing. And uh, who knows? Before it's all said and done, maybe they do uh, bring back a guy that knows the system and knows the, uh, the field better than anybody in Mason Crosby. But anyway. Uh, this is from Mark, who says, I still don't have a lot of faith in Jordan Love. I've seen some of the deep balls at camp. Some are on the money, some are off the money. He doesn't throw a deep ball very well. Every now and then, he'll cut one loose. He does throw a couple of wobblers. Um, I have I only saw him throw a couple. And everything you just said, I will agree with. 
there was a couple that went, you know, that looked beautiful. Perfect arc, rainbow, guys running down underneath it. One was in coverage, one was not in coverage. Perfect. There was a couple that, on a rollout, going to his right, pumped once, patted the ball, threw it, wobbler. And you go, whoa, wait a minute. What what the hell is that? I yeah. Let's just see what he does. Let's just see what he does. I'm not going to make overwhelming judgments on Jordan Love until we see more. But, uh, again, I know that, you know, and, and I was talking to people last Thursday when we were at training camp saying, wow, you know, what we witnessed, what we saw out of him in, in Philadelphia, that's great. I also remember the guy that couldn't complete a pass hardly uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. I also remember the guy that was in the Dome over in Detroit, second half of the ball game, end of the season. Didn't look very good. So I'm just I'm, – I'm, I'm standing on the sidelines, arms folded, saying, show me something. Let me see. And I've said that since day one. I'm not, I'm not wavering from that. Nothing in training camp is going to make me, like, jump to a conclusion to say, oh, my God, he's terrible – and nothing in training camp is going to make me say, oh, my God, he's great. Only for the fact that you it's not even game conditions at this point, you know? Scott says Jaden Reed's going to be awesome this year. Uh, book it. Jaden Reed has looked really good, and he looks very versatile. This is where you kind of hope as he continues to progress forward. No injuries, man. No injuries. Stay tuned. We got uh, one hour down. We got three more yet to go. Good stuff today. Off to a fast start today on this MLB trade deadline day. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. <laughs> 